0: And welcome to Plotris. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reading A Prince on Paper by Alyssa Cole. So, this was released in 2019, so pretty recently, and is number three in the Reluctant Royals series. And this is the first Alyssa Cole we have read for the podcast. Yes. So, if you're looking for number one and two in the series, we have not, as of yet, reviewed them. We probably will. Yeah. Why did we start with this one? Because I read it and I loved it so much that I really wanted to read it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so I texted Lane and was like, I want to read this right now. Also, how should I feel about Harry and Meghan?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Guys, I have thoughts. Probably for an errata.
0: Yeah, yeah. we're not going to talk about it in that <laughs> But FYI, the hero of this book is a rep- redheaded step prince of a small principality. That's definitely Luxembourg. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely Luxembourg. (laughs) But it's Lichtenborg. Yeah, who who gets together with an African financier's daughter. Um, So, obviously, I immediately thought of Harry and Meghan. Yes. As one does. Because there's so many similarities. Well, yes. Okay. Look, he's got red hair. (laughs) And she's black. He's a prince. And she's black. Those are enough similarities (laughs) to make me be like, Huh in 2019 what does this make you think right right exactly exactly okay so as usual we'll start with the book jacket nia jeremy fled Thessalo for the glitz and glamour of new york city but discovered that her prince charming only exists in her virtual dating games when nia returns home for a royal wedding she accidentally finds herself up close and personal in bed with the real-life celebrity prince who she loves to hate For Johann von Braustein, the red-headed step prince of Lichtenborg,
1: Lichtenborg, whatever, acting as paparazzi bait is a ruse that protects his brother, the heir to the throne, and his own heart. When a royal referendum threatens his brother's future, a fake engagement is the perfect
0: way to keep the cameras on him. Yeah, and so I, I, FYI guys, Lane and I are gonna disagree about a lot in this episode, I call him Johan just because they call him Jojo later and they're not gonna call him Yo-Yo. Yeah, they might. Well, I call him Jojo. Okay. Mia <laughs> okay. and Johan both have good reasons to avoid love, but as desires are laid bare behind palace doors, they must decide if their fake romance will lead to a happily ever after.
1: So this is right up Megan in my alley. You're right.
0: Fake relationship. Bad boy, Prince. Yeah, okay, we're here for it, And Okay. Uh, so before we get into our main review, we have our random number summaries. The random number we generated this episode was 42. All right, so my summary. The gold standard in consent, open conversation, and modern
1: depictions of sexuality. Too bad I was turned off by emojis during dirty talk, her period, and the lightning speed with which all relationship issues were resolved. I wanted this to
0: be sexy... All right, here's mine. The -the over-the-top plot elements sucked me in, but the believability of Nya and Johan's relationship kept me under. Check off contemporary fake relationship with a nobleman with a secret heart of gold who doesn't want to fall in love for existential reasons. So Meg's whole summary was tropes. Yes, So I think to a certain extent,
1: we can just (laughs) look to that for our first segment. Yeah. Uh, They have a fake relationship.
0: Yes, they have a fake relationship. Um, he has a secret heart of gold. But he can't fall in love. Right. Very For a reason. Very important. We'll talk about that. And that reason is a dead mom. It so. is a dead mom. And you want to know who else has a tragic dead mom? Yeah, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yes, we've got the tragic backstories in there. And both of them have awful fathers. Both of them have awful fathers, although his father's not. That he's not not to the same level as awful as hers. No. You mean mean, his biological dad? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm talking about his biological father. Okay, okay. No, his stepfather seems lovely. He's honestly... A but lovely. His stepfather is like a dad. Yeah. You know, probably the guy who would make dad jokes. Yes. He's just the king of a small principality. He happens to be king of a small principality. Yeah. I guess it's not principality. I guess it has to be kingdom if there's a king, but... Anyway, it's a small nation state. City State. I guess. City State. Um, yes. As we get caught up in... <laughs> anyway. ...very
1: random <laughs> geography, fake geography. Also, they hook up at a wedding. Uh, duh. I love it. Um, and he's got a big do-it-all for my little brother complex.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, so I... The tropes. Yes. I personally absolutely loved this book. I loved basically everything about it. Um... I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Had all of the -the over-the-topness that I crave in my historical romances, that I miss in my contemporaries, it was all here. Um, So, and then I felt so. And I think this is where Lane and I differ. I felt that the real, the contemporary real-life elements did not detract from what I love. But I think that this was. This is where we differ. Yeah. So, I think Alyssa Cole is a good writer.
1: I think she handled a lot of modern elements that I really wish romance novels had more of, such as, you know, um, modern royal protocol and race relations and sexuality and questioning the monarchy inherently like this did all of that in a way that I thought was really great and like her father is scandalous and she herself is of like noble families and and so I think this dealt with a lot of really complex issues really well uh, Not just sexuality but gender identity and Mm -hmm. like so this covered the full gamut I thought all of that was handled really well I thought the contemporary elements were distracting, and I didn't love the main couple.
0: Yeah, see, I don't know. I loved them. I actually really loved JoJo. Like, I loved Johan. Mm-hmm. I thought he was great, but apparently, we have a difference of opinion. No, he wasn't.
1: I don't think either of them were bad people or uninteresting characters. I just didn't really get their thing. I mean, it's fair.
0: <laughs> Meg was really hurt that I didn't love I, this book, I wasn't. Guys. I wasn't hurt. Look, I'm going <laughs> to do the total parent thing. I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. disappointed. <laughs> all
1: right, great. So Meg's disappointed in me. I'm not disappointed in lane.
0: <laughs> I'm just disappointed that she didn't share my enthusiasm for this book. That's, that's all. You know, I'm not upset with you. So the what is the the conflict of this book? Good question. So
1: um, there's a wedding, which is between the two people from the first book right in this series the uh, bride is Nia's cousin Yes. And the groom is Jojo's best friend. Jojo's best friend, who
0: is the prince. uh, Crown prince. Crown prince of Thesolo. Right. So they're all going back to
1: Thesolo for the wedding. Nia hasn't been back to Thesolo since her father was put in jail for trying to kill their family. Yes, about two years. And Jojo is in the middle of a referendum back home that will decide if his half-brother and stepfather are able to retain their king and prince status. Yes. Um, so they meet. They've never really gotten along. He didn't trust her completely because he thought she might have been wrapped up in her father's misdeeds, and she bought the bad playboy image that he cultivates in the press.
0: Mm-hmm. Plus,
1: he's been totally cold with her the
0: entire time they've ever they've been hanging right, out because he was suspicious of her. Right. So she's she's basically like, why? She thinks he's hot. She's always thought he was attractive, but she hasn't she hasn't been able to get to know him because he's been so aloof. Right. So,
1: and they meet on the plane on the way to the wedding. They're unbeknownst to both of them sharing. Well, unbeknownst to her, sharing a private jet. And she climbs into the bed in the bedroom, thinking she's alone, and discovers she is not, and he is a real jerk to her.
0: Yeah, but also this is a hundred percent a historical romance trope. Yes. Finding your, do so you just happen to find yourself in bed with a super? I'm not in dying. bed, but like
1: you're trying to find the corner to escape right. the ball or the event or you know, the house party, right. but of course
0: the the quiet corner you found is occupied. occupied. <laughs> yes. So, this, like, I loved it, because when I read these contemporaries, I don't get that kind of crap, mm-hmm. and then it was here, and I was there for it. Right. Like, they
1: definitely, Alyssa Cole leaned into a lot of historical romance tropes yes. in a very modern setting.
0: I that, loved in a way it. that was
1: very fun. Yes. Like, the parts of the book that bothered me were not those. Sure.
0: Uh, so, so let's get to a part that I liked and Lane did not. Mm -hmm. So, um, Nya has not had an actual romantic relationship. She's been out on dates with guys, but they all have been jerks basically Mm -hmm. when she's been in New York. Uh, while she's been in New York, she's gotten a master's degree in education, by the way, in case you were wondering what the heck she was doing in New York. So what she does instead of actual dates is play dating Sims mm-hmm. and the dating Sim that she is into right now is one that's all about Royals. And so let's say there's someone in the game. So let's take the example of Harry and Megan, right? There would be someone in the game who would be Harold, who is... well, is,
1: they're all like inverses. So it'd be like Reha,
0: right? Sure. So his name is what? Hanjo. Mm -hmm. Hanjo in the game. Um, And she's played through all the characters, and the only two that are left are Johan and um, the groom at the wedding. The groom at the wedding, who's her cousin. So she's kind of like, you know, she really likes the game, but she's not sure she wants to play through with either of these characters, actually. But. Since she has fun and likes playing these video, these uh, dating sims, she's like, "All right, I guess I'll do it with Hanjo because I really don't want to marry my cousin's fiance, right? <laughs> Basically, it would feel a little bit too much like cheating." So, uh, the
1: the plot line in the game. So, first of all, the way this dating simulation works is she gets random messages at all hours of the day and night. She can,
0: that yeah. That look like normal texts, but she has to be within the game app to get them? Something like that, yeah. So she gets a notification. And it, it, it interrupts her throughout the day and the middle right. of the night. She sets alarms to wake up to the messages sometimes. Yeah. So she'll get a notification that says you have a message from Hanjo, mm-hmm. and she'll click on it, and then she'll read the message. Um, but, so the way I imagine it is it pops up on your phone. It looks like a text message, but when you click it, it takes you into the game. Sure. So that's how I imagine it. So anyway, she's playing through this dating sim about Hanjo, and then they're taking elements from real life, so he's having to deal with a referendum on the royal family. But in the game, the character is
1: trying to overthrow the monarchy. Yes. Which in real life, Johan has been supporting his stepfather and his brother against the referendum. Yes.
0: Uh, So... I really liked this extra fake element. So she and Johan decide to be in a fake relationship together. Um they, they both decide to enter into a relationship and play it up for the paparazzi, basically. And
1: he gets a distraction from the negative press around the referendum, and she gets to get the F out of the solo where her family hovers and makes her feel very suffocated.
0: Exactly. So they both have something to gain from this fake relationship. And they're
1: both very upfront with each other yes. about what they
0: have to gain. There's no secret. So amazing. It was very well done. So great. And then on top of that so layered on top of that is this other fake relationship that she's having with Hanjo. So not only is she in a fake relationship with Johan, she's in another fake relationship with Hanjo. Yes. I don't know. Personally, I loved it. I hated it. I it not.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't I said this to Meg earlier, like, I was never into choose-your-own-adventure books as a kid. I've never really, for all that I'm a gamer, I've never been into any of the, like, simulation games, whether it's dating sims or friendship sims or whatever. So maybe I'm just not the intended audience, but I felt like between the description of the game itself and then a just conversation that Nia and... Johan's little brother have about Gaming I got the impression Alyssa Cole Doesn't game sure (laughs) like to me It was a really poorly described thing I just don't get That like the the messages Can come at any times but she has To set alarms to make up in the middle of the night for them And it doesn't seem like there's a real game element Like the whole game is just these text messages I didn't get Why she was so interested In them like Mm -hmm. I didn't get what about them really captured yeah. her? And I don't understand the mentality of, like, why you would set an alarm in the middle of the night mm-hmm. if you don't know when they're coming.
0: Yeah. All uh, it just didn't work for me. Yeah. Anyway, I, I really enjoyed it. Basically, all that, the realistic part of the game, I did not care about. I am fine just having, just knowing that she's in this extra fake relationship with a fake person, and then there are these extra little things that And, of course, of it. it leads to misunderstandings. Misunderstandings. Where, he
1: and his assistant at various points assume they're real texts from men. Yeah, who are either her lover or interested in overthrowing the Lichtenborgian monarchy. Or both. Or both.
0: So, okay, one other thing that I really enjoyed, Lane didn't like, was that uh, he is the prince of a fake kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, obvious, again, we are pretty sure that Lichtenborg is either Luxembourg or Liechtenstein, right? sort of mixed together mm-hmm. and then um so Solo is is Lesotho mm-hmm. right so we know where these are supposed to be mm-hmm. um I was not bothered at all by the fact that these were fake countries Blaine was really bothered by it yeah so I guess if you are bothered by I just don't get why you don't make it Lesotho
1: you don't make it Luxembourg. Like to me, it was, especially because of how much of the book sort of was about the international politics of the referendum. And he was an ambassador who goes on a diplomatic mission to another country. And I just, and they talk about colonial history and colonial empire and the role his country had had Mm -hmm. in colonial oppression. And I think when you're trying to weave those very realistic narratives, the fact that you've then used fake country names and fake histories was just really confusing to me in an unnecessary
0: way. I don't know. Again, I wasn't bothered at all. This leads into an element that I think Alyssa Cole did really well. I don't know how Lane felt about it, but she basically made up another language. Oh, I thought that was fine. Okay. So she makes up Lichtenborgish, which is it's basically a mix of French and German. And not like words are hybrid words, but
1: like the sentence the subject is like and half verb and half. is in French. Yeah. And then the object is in German. Yeah, so they'll say
0: like say la you <laughs> Right? <laughs> but this could have really, really, really pissed me off. As especially as a Francophone, I actually absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was really, I thought it was super well done because not only as an English speaker could you understand exactly what they were saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a French speaker, I was like, oh, that's really fun, the way Mm -hmm. she makes this stuff up. I don't speak German, so I can't speak to that part. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't offended at all. Plus, it did avoid what I hate about historicals, which is when they use bad French, and I was like, oh, well, if it's bad, it's just because it's Luxembourgish. Right. Like, they're not stuck to French grammar rules, so you don't nitpick them. hmm I get that. So, I quite enjoyed that part. Um, also, because he used ooh-la-la, like, the way that you use it in French, mm-hmm. I thought it was very authentic and well done. Yeah. So, I, I liked that a I lot. I did like his use of ooh-la-la. So cute. So cute.
1: Um, I was confused, and maybe this is the fault of mine for not reading the first two books in the series Mm -hmm. there were a couple of plot elements where I felt like I was a little bit lost sure, having not read the earlier books and one of them apparently she comes from this big close family where her grandparents were essentially like trusted members of the royal court Mm -hmm. and her father ended up being the finance minister and the cousin getting married who's like her best friend at one point they drop randomly in the middle of the book that they've only known each other Mm -hmm. for two years Yeah, and I just find it I found it very jarring, yeah. given the way the family dynamics had been portrayed, sure, that you find out that they never knew each other until they were both in their late 20s with no additional yeah. context given in the text where it was relevant.
0: Yeah. Well, I, so in, I wasn't jarred by that. I basically understood that part, mm-hmm. but I will say... So, in general, I thought that Alyssa Cole did a good job of weaving in characters from previous... Books, mm-hmm. except in one or two scenes where I was, they were like Annie and this person and this person and this one. and I was like, I have no yeah, idea. There's, who there's all this these scene are. like at the pre wedding yes. hangout where you've got
1: Nia and Johan and her cousin and the prince and, and these two other royal Duke, people then, yeah, yeah the Duke of Edinburgh, which by the way is Prince Philip's title, aka the Queen's husband, so I was like, mm-hmm. wait. Edinburgh's is a real place. No, I know, I know. So, why are all this these is, other places fake? I, I get it. I understand. It's, I get it. Um, and all their bodyguards and yeah. members of their staff and all the members of their family and his parents and the grandparents and oh my God, keep nobody straight.
0: Yeah, and I I, I admit I like went back and reread a few pages because I'm like, it's this person, this person. Huh? I will say I laughed out loud at the sex goat. <laughs> it was really funny. That was really funny. So, yeah. Um, other than that, I thought that it was pretty good she did a good job of weaving in previous characters except for that scene but you know because I also had not read the first two in the series. I
1: think overall that was the only scene where I found yeah.
0: the like clearly the previous books would have made that scene
1: make more sense. Yeah. But I do think, given how fundamental the familial dynamic was to Nia's story, mm-hmm. too much of that was sort of left unexplained. And maybe it was explained in previous books, maybe it wasn't, but I didn't get sure wh- like the why she didn't know her cousin and yeah. why they were best friends now. And clearly sure. that was really defining to her, and so I yeah. felt like too much was left out. Sure. Um... I will totally admit I hate bodily functions. I hate gross-out humor. I hate, like, I am a total pris. One of the things that occurs that makes her start to like him more is he realizes at her cousin's wedding where she is wearing a white bridesmaid's dress that she has gotten her period and he helps get her out of the wedding without embarrassing her but the walk out and then the subsequent action is like very seductive and sexy, and I could not. I was like, (laughs) the woman has bled so much that it's very visible on her white dress, but I'm supposed to forget that and just like let the seduction happen. Mm -mm, mm -mm, Totally a personal issue, completely admittedly, I don't need periods in romance novels. Like You want to talk about failing at escapism for me? I was just cringing the
0: whole time. So for me, I I quite enjoyed this sequence. And part of the reason I think I liked it is... uh, So I think that this... Again, you read a historical romance... There is a scene, there will be a scene where the hero saves the heroine out on the dance floor from something. Mm-hmm. He asks her to dance when she's a wallflower. Or maybe he's like, oh no, this is actually my dance when someone is asking her to dance and she doesn't want to or dance with Or she gets him. stood up and he notices before anybody else can. Exactly. And so to me, this was the this was her version of this chivalrous, historical romance ballroom dance. Sure. And then she threw in the fact that, it, 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 that she... So Alyssa Cole writes writes it in that Nia has gotten her period, and that's why he's saving her. So not only is is it this historical romance thing, it's also showing that he's like a modern man, and he's not turned off by normal bodily functions. I'm turned off by normal, <laughs> but functions. Lane is turned off by normal bodily functions. So I don't know.
1: It didn't bother me. Also, the reason she's surprised at getting her period is because her father had like poisoned and abused her that she hadn't gotten it for so long. So you're also in the midst of what is supposed to be this sexy conversation thinking about the extreme abuse she underwent and it...
0: I passed. Yeah. I passed. Yeah, But anyway, personally, I, I can't say that I loved it, but it didn't bother me at all. Yeah. So. One of the things he loves about her, and this is totally a
1: I think you're gonna say you liked it because you liked the book, and I'm gonna say I didn't because it was overall not my favorite. Mm-hmm. She comes off as a little too manic dream girl for me. It,
0: it is a little bit you because know. she's got
1: this like horrible tragic past. her she father does. Like tried to kill her family and emotionally and physically manipulated her through black like emotional blackmail and poison. Mm-hmm. But she's still really positive and really happy and. Like, optimistic and yeah. brought down by life. And a little piece of me wanted her to be a little less perfect. Yeah. And not that I wanted to, like, bask in her trauma or anything, but she did at times feel like his
0: antidote to life. Where And not to say cool. that. Well, and he literally says that. Yeah, he He's basically like, we've been through similar... Circumstances we both lost a parent very young. We both mm-hmm. grew up in the spotlight We both had to deal with all this thing this stuff and I'm jaded by it and she is still innocent So it's very much yeah that it just like I said, yeah. it's not a deal-breaker But I think because I was already a little yeah. rolly at their
1: whole dynamic Yeah, I didn't love the yeah. she was his emotional savior and this untouched mechanic. yeah, Joy.
0: So that said, one of the other historical romance aspects of this book is that he cannot, he does not want to fall in love. Obviously. So in his case, it's not that he can't fall in love. It's not that he doesn't believe in it's that love. He's too emotional. It's that he knows that love exists and he knows that it always ends badly. Right. Love is just a precursor to pain. Right. And why does it always end badly? Because, you know, you read this and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You had a bad breakup. Shut up. No, no, no. In his case, it's it's way more deep-seated than that. Yeah. The fact is, Everybody dies. <laughs> you know, no one will live forever, so it is inevitable that whatever relationship you, en- you enter into will end with, you or death or the other with your death or the in other the person's death. With your death or the other person's death. In the best case scenario. So, I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest, I loved this. It's a real existential fear. I absolutely loved he's
1: it.
0: he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. Exactly. He's not <laughs> wrong. Like this is not an irrational fear. No. <laughs> People are going to die someday. I I loved it. And of course, it's exacerbated by the fact that his mother did fall in love. She had this great passion. She married the king. It was a very literal fairy tale romance. And then she died. And he was afraid
1: when her mother married him, before he knew she had any health issues, that... In the fairy tales, the mothers always die. Mm-hmm. So he felt like she was signing her own death certificate by pursuing her love
0: story. Yep. And then that irrational fear came true. Exactly.
1: Like, oh. So,
0: look, if you're going to craft this as the reason why he doesn't want to fall in love, Alyssa Cole did it perfectly. Yes. But like, honestly, I thought it was great. There was not a single misstep. Agreed. In his... Reason for not wanting to fall in love. I, I had know? no problem that with that great.
1: whatsoever and loved it I will say one of the things I think Alyssa Cole did really well mm-hmm. was ha- Having him Recognize her pain and history. Yes, and how that could reflect what she felt about him in a mm-hmm. way that wasn't Condescending or like he was never mad at her. No for her caution I think a lot of historicals would have been, How dare you compare me to your father? Yes. Like, don't can't you see I really care about you? Where instead he was like, Yeah, I mean, you were emotionally manipulated by, like, the most important person in your life for your whole life. So I get where you're a little wary. Yeah. I mean,
0: this is a literally toxic relationship. Get it? Get yeah, it? Because he, he poisoned her. <laughs> 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 but um, but yeah, and and of course he she falls in love with Johan because he is so understanding. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. To me, that's I was like, uh, obviously they're gonna fall in love, because he he. So to me, Johan was like the perfect guy. Like I thought he was great. I loved him. Um, If you're wondering what his bad boy secret is, it's all his
1: charities.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, I loved it. So he's bad boy Jojo, right? So in the press, he's bad boy Jojo. He goes out, he does strip poker, Um, another Harry reference possibly. And <laughs> so so they call him Bad Boy Jojo. And then why does he do it? So first of all, he wants to distract from his younger brother. So yeah. he doesn't want his younger brother to have to go through all the paparazzi, etc. And secondly, he, so his mother was always very supportive of charities. Mm-hmm. And so sort of in her memory, um, he also is very supportive of this charity work. But he doesn't, he feels very uncomfortable with getting public recognition for it. Yes. And so he likes being the bad boy out there so that when there's a story that that circulates, he then can say, oh, well, I'm going to donate this much money to this charity. And people see it as him trying to improve his image.
1: He also has made it pretty clear that the one topic that's off limits in all of his paparazzi nonsense is his mother. Mm -hmm. And he knows if anybody gets wind of his charity work... Yeah, they're gonna. Everyone's gonna compare him to his mother, and he also knows his image kind of sucks, and he doesn't want the charities to suffer for it. Yes, so a lot of stuff. Um, so you know he's a bad boy charity worker. Yeah. So. (laughs) I I know. I love it. I didn't quite understand though. So he talks about some of the paparazzi stuff he's staged, Mm -hmm. and it was like the day his brother first got asked about something to do with being a prince, in order to keep his brother out of the spotlight. He left the house with no pants on. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't quite get the, like, how him forgetting his clothes and embarrassing himself in public was going to prevent his brother from being asked not very invasive questions. Like, he went to extremes to keep his brother out of the press entirely, but his brother's the heir. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. It would have been one thing. I felt like it was one of the things that was a kind of a misstep for me in this book that I think... JoJo's reactions to the press talking to his brother were
0: entirely disproportionate. Oh, sure. I mean, I think they were, but I think this is, these are, I saw it as JoJo's issues coming out. Sure, but, like, you can't keep the press from the Crown Prince. Like, you're Mm -hmm. not
1: actually going to achieve your goal. Right. But it seemed like he did.
0: He's, so I didn't well, get it. I didn't get how, like... But, so Lucas, the brother, is old, he's, what, just turning 16 now? 17. 17. So I think it has worked for a while. And, and now, it's not, like, now it's not going to work. A 13-year-old work. crown prince being asked, what do you think about being king one
1: day, yeah. is not suddenly going to get spared the paparazzi because your brother forgot to wear pants that day. Like, I just don't get it.
0: Right. It's just not going to be as, I think, publicized. Yeah. You know. So, so meh. Anyway. Um, so speaking of his brother, perhaps we should have been saying his sibling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our bad. So, totally our bad. To to be fair to us and to Jojo, he, Lucas is called his is called his brother I until... Like the first half of the book. At least half. Probably longer.
1: Yeah, because mm-hmm. I actually had a moment in this book, until like 70% mm-hmm. in, this book really didn't have a conflict. Mm-hmm. It was the two of them dealing with their own past, getting to know each other. Yeah. It's only when... Jojo realizes someone's interfering in the referendum, yes. that there's actually a, a project that they're working on and a right. conflict they're working to deal with, and that's when his sibling's
0: gender identity conflict really comes to the forefront. Right. And so I think the issue the issue with Jojo and his sibling is that Jojo's entire the, his entire Reason for being, yes, <laughs> yes. His entire uh, raison d'être in this world is to protect his his brother. Yes, and so as his brother has been growing up, he's saying, "Oh well, don't wear this, don't do that, don't act like it basically, don't be a sissy." Like, Jojo teased
1: mercil- mercilessly yes. and wants to prepare his brother.
0: To avoid those pitfalls, right. but instead, his sibling, who who does who feels um, gender non-binary, feels that he can't that they can't come out about it because the one person who has always been their supporter their whole life, JoJo, is basically saying, "No, you you cannot be yourself. Do not act like yourself." Right. Uh, and so it's this. There's a wrench thrown into the sibling relationship,
1: as. Lucas becomes completely unable to bear that weight any longer. Exactly. So no, that was all really well done. That is really well done. Yeah. You're also right the 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 solo fairy tale so she he nicknames her Sugar Bubble because of a mispronunciation she has early in the book. Yeah, it's
0: actually so cute. It's cute. I really cuz normally I'd be like ew, Sugar Bubble, gross.
1: It's cute. And like so, so he She's. he asks her well and she volunteers to give him a nickname she comes up with this one based on this old The Solo Fairy Tale and the first 65% of the book the chapter headings are tied into her mm-hmm. dating game but then the last 35 or so percent of the book the chapter headings are tied into this fairy tale. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really well done because at that point you've got all of his issues with the fairy tale romance of his mother Mm -hmm. have sort of been exposed and her role as the princess in the tower has really been dissected so I thought that was all really well done. Yeah
0: just really good just really fun. Uh, So another aspect I liked she is in group chats with her two best female friends basically the entire course of the book. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. I didn't. Lane did not. I don't know. I,
1: th- I found them distracting. I found the like Isn't this how the cool
0: kids are talking these days? Was sort of my reaction to that. <laughs> maybe them. maybe it's the, maybe it's our age difference. Because I was like, oh yeah, this is how kids talk.
1: <laughs> they're also like they're supposed to be in their late 20s. I'm like the age these characters are yeah, supposed Yeah. And I just found not their arcs or their personalities, their conversations very weird and stilted. Like they sounded younger. They sounded like they were trying to be younger than they were. Yeah. Um, I did not like the
0: epilogue. That actually was probably the worst part of the book for me. It it didn't I liked it. There was nothing about it that offended me. If I had disliked the book, I probably would have dis I'm gonna be honest, probably would have disliked the ending. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, can we, this is a spoiler spoiler alert. alert. They end up together. Yeah, but actual spoiler alert, they end up together, but she's pregnant, Mm -hmm. and they're only engaged, so they're not married. Right. So, personally, I was like, well, that's kind of cute. Like, if it were, if if this were a historical romance, they would have been married, and then they would have had a kid. Or, but sometimes they get pregnant as long as the wedding's on the docket. Right, but the epilogue would have been that they were married with a kid.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. You
0: know? So, I, I don't know, I thought, again, I saw this as a throwback to a historical romance with a twist, so I liked it. The thing that bothered me about it was
1: less the very traditional, like, wrap up everything with a bow, more that it was only 10 months later. Yeah. And I don't, given the, like, sheer volume of emotional issues they were both working through, and the fact that they literally only come completely clean with each other about what they want. Sure. In the very ending. And she, like, doesn't know what she wants to do professionally. Yeah. And he's not sure what his place in the monarchy is. Having all of that That it's been wrapped up in ten months. Yeah. That really annoyed me. So if
0: it had been two years later, you might have liked it? it. I still
1: think I would have liked it. Because, like, marriage and baby is not my favorite epilogue period. But I think Alyssa Cole spent so much time on their histories and Mm -hmm. their, like, legitimate emotional trauma and having them work through it that I found this idea of and it's all fine now 10 months later really inauthentic to the rest of the yeah. book. Yeah,
0: it's fair. Um, so I actually think we've basically covered this. Nothing, I think, there were no social issues I think that offended us at all in this book. No. The only things we found offensive were basically what we just talked about. Um, that, that I did not find anything offensive. Anne I wouldn't Lane, say I found anything offensive. It wasn't offensive. offensive. She just didn't just things she didn't like. Like I said,
1: I said this to Meg, I'm coming off as harsher than I mean to I thought Alyssa Cole was a good writer. I thought she handled social issues very deftly. I liked, I was entertained reading the book. I just didn't care about these two characters and that, like, ultimately is yeah. the defining thing I'll remember about this book. But like, I will enthusiastically read other books by her. Yes. Okay. So I, don't, I didn't find anything offensive. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about
1: sexiness. Let's talk about it. I didn't think it
0: was sexy. I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't think it was super sexy either. But I appreciated a lot of the aspects of the explicit scenes. Okay. So I I thought consent was handled really well. Gold Star, A. Right? So good. So Johan obviously is quite experienced. Like this is, again, his role in life Mm -hmm. is to be the Playboy Prince.
1: And he. He enjoys that part of his right. persona.
0: And he does it well. Um, so he, and in fact, he's actually bisexual. So he's had relationships with men as well mm-hmm. in the past. It actually does come up earlier in the book. Okay, He alludes to
1: like how much he enjoys bo- the interest of both men and women. It was a lot more passing sure. than it was later at the end of the book when discussing um, his sibling situation. He yeah. brings up, you know, I'm not straight, right? Yeah, And I think that's what makes saying it came up really late in the book, but he does make allusions to it earlier. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think maybe I wish it was just slightly more of a thing. Like he, maybe if he talked about an ex who was a, a man or something. He doesn't something have like any that. exes though. Well, I know, but I'm just saying for me it would have been nicer if. It, not, not that it's, a, it's not a big deal. I thought it was pretty well sprinkled okay. throughout. Okay, fair. Uh, so and Nya is a virgin. Correct. Well, because she was basically
1: imprisoned by her father. Right. So she's
0: never had a chance to get out and oh. date or like meet men. So it's not that she assigns any particular morality to the fact that she is a virgin. Right. She's no, not, not at a better all. person because she's a virgin or anything like that. No. But I, what I really liked about their relationship was that Johan was like super experienced. Yeah, I was not experienced at all. But it was presented as this good thing, not a good thing, but. He, the fact that he is so experienced made him better able to respond and give her what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And that she... He, he It's not like he forced her to do this, but he gave her the opportunity to ask for what she wanted. Yes. So, loved it. No, they communicated...
1: The communication was so good. Having sex in a way that was,
0: like like I said, the gold star of consent. Yeah. And once again, this is the, the whole historical romance thing where... The man is the super rake who's been out raking around town, around town and then he marries the virginal society lady, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually believed it in this case, Yes. whereas in a lot of the other books, I'm like, eh, whatever. Especially when they're virgin widows. Uh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, that all made
1: sense. I think the only thing that I really did not like is the dirty talk.
0: I agree with you. I agree with you. I thought it was cute. I didn't even Cuteness think it was cute. Cuteness ta- has no place in a sex scene. So, she's <laughs> inexperienced, as we've discussed.
1: But and, she's and kind she's... of picked up from some of the jokes he's made previously that he likes dirty talk. Yeah. And so she decides to give it a shot. And in doing so, she does things like, I really like the feeling of your eggplant emoji. Yeah. Or your thing on me. Or touch my peach emoji. Yeah. And once this... It's a thing I don't think we've covered on this podcast. I suffer like tremendously from secondhand embarrassment. Like, I couldn't even watch <laughs> Friends half the time back in the day because I'd just be watching through my hands, like, oh, I'm so embarrassed for these people. And so, a lot of what ended up happening, even though the character's reaction was, oh, this is cute and she's getting better at it and this is fine, my reaction was wanting to die inside.
0: <laughs> Didn't, bo- obviously, it did not bother me as much as it bothered like. Oh my God, I hated it so much. <laughs> Um, I will say there was a, the, the hottest scene, in my opinion, was uh, sex at the opera. So they go to the opera, they have a royal box, obviously. And, and he um, has some emotional experiences. Yes, he has a very emotional experience at the opera that has nothing to do with sex. And as we have learned from the Sinsters, comfort involves the D, obviously. And when the man needs
1: to be comforted. It still involves him going down on you. So, like, overall moral, love it. Yeah. Love it.
0: (laughs) And um, this is the third book in two months that we've read that had a very hot opera scene. Here's the thing, though. This is the, I put this at the bottom of that list. The other Mm -hmm. two were really good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's fair. Really good. It's
1: fair. Can I tell you something that annoyed me? And this is just me. She's going out for her first big public event Mm -hmm. as the fiance of a prince. Mm -hmm. She is wearing a two-piece
0: dress that is a crop top. Well, yeah, but I, again, I I think we interpreted this differently. I saw that as her being true to her African heritage, that this was like an African-inspired couture. But it was still African-inspired. It wasn't like a traditional. No, but it was by like an African designer. I don't think it was. It was by the no. house designer. No, the house, de- the, the it house was dresser
1: fabric. Yes, that she would procured. But the designer was Lichtenborgish.
0: Anyway, I liked it. Yeah, I. Oh, I don't get the, the crop top.
1: In no way, shape, or form offended me. I, yeah, I, I just didn't think it was formal enough in fictional <laughs> attire. My actual thought was, girl, don't wear a crop top.
0: Yeah, I liked it. Okay. Um, this, is ma- this could be related to the fact that Elaine is a royal watcher. I am not. Yeah. But so. I'm not like pro-royal. Right, Even right, though right, I'm a royal no. watcher. So
1: yeah. eh, I think really he was very into it. Yeah. But it was like a super high slit. And a. It's, it kind of falls into the same thing as the fake geography for me. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're writing so close to reality. Yeah. But you just want to deviate enough to do things like have a fake country name. Yeah. And wear a crop top.
0: Yeah. I was into it. Yeah. It, it, I
1: was into it. Lane was not. No. But I overall, it, it was cute sexy, not sexy sexy. I mean... Even and when I, it wasn't cringy.
0: I agree with that. I agree with that. I do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I don't know. Overall, like I said, this is a weird experience for me because I recommend the book. Yes.
0: There's, there are so many good things about it. Like,
1: definitely, you should read it. I think all the things I didn't like about it were... Personal, like, this just hit all the wrong buttons for me, mm-hmm. but I think it was a good
0: book. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does. It, I don't know. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. So. But so recommended. Yes. Even, I gave it two stars
1: on Goodreads, but that's just because this was, like, not my bag. Yeah. Not because I think it was objectively
0: bad. Yeah. I gave it more stars than that. And you think you might have given it all the stars. I may <laughs> have given it all the stars. <laughs> <laughs> because I loved it, and I, re- I so this, if you listen to the podcast, you know I am usually more into the heroines than the heroes in these books. I really like JoJo. Nia was... She was fine. Nia was fine. I was going to say, she's intentionally underdeveloped.
1: Yeah, possibly. She was possibly. So Yes. so sheltered. Yes, yes, yes. That she's so defined by what she hasn't experienced yeah. that part of what attracts her to Jojo is he gives her an opportunity to actually experiencing things on her own for a And once.
0: to to grow and right, yeah, like yeah. she hasn't been out of
1: somebody's supervision yeah. ever. Yeah. And he gives her that opportunity and doesn't treat her like a fragile thing that's gonna break. So I think that she's very well done. Mm-hmm. But that also means he's a much more developed, yeah. strong character than she is. Yes. Yeah. But I was I was really into JoJo. Makes sense. So. I will say I um, was into the description of him in a sauna. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He may have fainted in the sauna. But he may have been described as like hairier than you'd expect, which for some reason I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Didn't know I was wanting that until it was given to me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm just picturing like, Prince Harry, like <laughs> H-A-I-R-Y. <laughs> no, no, not that. Not like that. But just like a Prince Harry who's a little bit more here, Stu. Oh, a little,
0: well, yeah. A smidge more.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair. And that worked for me <laughs> in my mind.
0: <laughs> so at the, at the end of the day, this book is recommended. Yes. As always, thank you so much for listening.